Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio for this Tuesday, December the 20th. And as always, we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Good morning. Good morning to you, Fred. And in KCKS is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, most of the uh, two thirds of the country, at least, is bracing for what's about to hit. Uh, tell us, uh, Kansas City. When's that? It's 19 degrees here this morning, and that's about to be balmy because in two days on Thursday morning, the high is going to be seven with 80% chance of snow, and the low Thursday night is going to be minus 7, and wind chills down around 30, 30 below zero. That's Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, Friday night into Saturday. It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I saw, Tim, if to encourage anybody, this is, uh, Fred's pointed out, this is that Siberian Express coming over the pole. This morning in northern Yukon, the actual temperature was minus fifty-two. That's the stuff that's coming. That's the stuff that's coming out. Merry Christmas, everybody! Yeah. B- bundle up, huh? <laughs> what? Uh, now the Yukon—that's—is is that a Canadian province? That's yeah. a territory. A territory just above. You go uh, north of British Columbia and Alberta. It's the territory of Yukon. Oh, it's not a province per se. No, sir. No. Okay, it's a territory. Yep. So the Yukon. Uh, I know it was a car, too. Yes. Uh, Whitehorse is the capital there. Whitehorse in the Yukon. All right. So, Ray, that, that's – so Thursday <laughs> – what are you looking at Thursday from what to what now? Uh, let's – what did I say? From from 7, 7 above to 7 below, and wind chills down around 30, 35 degrees below zero. Okay. Ray, I'm going to tell you this because you you may – you may not after Thursday. You may not ever hear from us again. Okay, right. it's very popular. We're, we're in, uh, as most people know, we're in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's our national headquarters. I just looked at the weather report for us. It's going to be. We're going to wake up to fifty-four, Fred. Yes, I know. Very 54. pleasant. Fifty-four. That's a nice day. I mean, you know, relatively speaking, you walk uh-huh. outside. Good weather. Sure. Well, by the time I get, I don't know if this is a twelve or eighteen-hour change uh but it's going to go from 54 degrees to six that's whiplash you know i i I think i said this yesterday of course we're we're three older gentlemen we can repeat ourselves multiple times in a day (laughs) that's right uh i think i I don't ever remember what is that a 48 48 yeah a 48 degree change in less than 24 hours i'm i've seen we've all seen 30 Mm mm-hmm 35 degree change, but not 48, nearly 50 degrees yeah. of change. Uh, so that's bizarre, but that's going to hit, well, isn't it like two thirds of the country? That oh, kinda, yeah. That kinda? oh yeah. Uh, cold. Uh, the, the Southern part where we're like kind of the Southeastern United States is going to, for the most part, escape the snow factor. We're just going to get that cold, cold air, but Ray, where you are, and then across that Northern tier, 
They're you mean gonna, like from, from the Midwest? The Midwest, yeah. you know, across, across through Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and on up into the Northeast eventually. Uh, that is, that's the snow area. That's snowmageddon in there. In fact, this, the snow part of the system has already started. In places like uh, northern Washington State, Everett, which is just around the Seattle area, uh, Linden, Washington, where we have some friends, yeah. ministry friends there, uh, snowing like crazy there this morning. So it is starting the mixture of the moisture from the south and that cold air from the north is starting to make its way across the country. Mm. First day of winter tomorrow. <laughs> Can't get over soon enough. <laughs> We got a long, we got a long way to go. Now, I, I'm charismatic on this, but I'm not receiving this. I do not receive this whatsoever. No, I'd like to identify as uh, Miami. That's right. Oh, I told Allison, Miami and the Florida Keys. Thank you. I know. I told Allison a couple of days ago that uh, you know what we're, we're gonna we're gonna go to South Florida. In about another year or two, we're going to designate probably January. I'm going to do that snowbird thing. Uh-huh. Right. Take a radio uh, <laughs> take equipment. A take, yes. Yeah, take a Comrex radio equipment down with me, uh-huh. and I'll just do uh, like Russ Limbaugh did from our Southern Command. That's right. Uh, That's right. At Fort Myers, Marco uh-huh. Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know why people go down there during the winter. Yes. They get tired of. Uh, the tolerance now, level for this kind of weather we're talking about. Yeah goes down as you get older yeah that's and the, the more north you live because yes. a lot of right. the, the snowbirds out in arizona and uh uh-huh. and florida a lot of them are from chicago new york tim know. let me give you an update currently in key west florida it's 79 degrees and <laughs> Thursday, the high is going to be 79 and the low is going to be 74. The All living right. is good down on the keys. Jimmy Buffett, here I come. <laughs> huh? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the money to sustain that lifestyle. Right. So I'll just have to stay in my house and hope the heater doesn't Bundle work. up, huh? Yeah. Uh, hey, you are going to have to turn. For a lot of people, uh, I went last night to Lowe's and bought those uh, covers for your faucets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. No. There's, a, there's a run on those things, by the way. Yes. And then your older houses, uh, I, I say older, when you get to be six degrees, they're all old, I guess. But That's right. You're going to have to uh, remember to turn the what, what right, turn the water on, leave it running a little bit. Right. Right. Just a little, little bit of a, a, a drip so it doesn't – you don't want those pipes to freeze. Yeah. No. And when you let your dog out to do its business, remember to let him back in. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. All right. That's right. So, <laughs> preparation for uh, – for, if you're going to make a Walmart run, do it today yes. or tomorrow. Don't yes. wait until Thursday night. Dude. Yes. <sighs> these uh, these global warming people, they're not coming through for us at all. They're not meeting here. Huh? I don't understand. They're not meeting here. I know. No. They, they just. Uh... All right. So a lot to uh, talk about in the news. We are expected to have a uh, interview with Dr. Peter McCullough coming up an hour from now. Or at five after the hour 11 o'clock central time 1105 central time right grant we're supposed to have a uh, an interview with dr peter mccullough ever most everybody listening knows who he is he's a uh, internist cardiologist epidemiologist and chief scientific officer of the wellness company and he was uh very prominent during the covid 
um, uh, outbreak, I guess you could say, in our country and our response to it. And he had some criticism for the way the Dr. Fauci's and other in the medical establishment were handling uh, COVID. And he got taken off Twitter for that. And, uh, and Elon Musk put him back on yep. uh, Twitter. So uh, we'll visit with Dr. Peter McCullough coming up uh, in and uh, in that hour. All right, Fred, what do you got leading the uh, non-weather news? Non-weather news. Well, the United States Supreme Court, through Chief Justice Roberts yesterday, has put a hold on ending Title 42 tomorrow. Now, I'm not sure how long that hold is going to last. Title 42, very quickly, was the policy put in place by former President Trump to keep those arriving at our southern border claiming or wanting asylum Okay, you have to stay in Mexico and wait your turn. Wait for a hearing date. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Back back then. Yes. Yeah. So it was due, is due to expire tomorrow, the 21st of December. Many states, like Texas and others, are saying no. Uh, I mean, and, and beyond Texas, are saying no. This is, There's already a crisis on our southern border. We're aware of that, although the mainstream media is in denial. Uh, and and so is uh, Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House. She's in denial that anything bad is happening down there. But the problem is they say if 42 is removed, what's going to happen, there's about 20,000 people now waiting just to cross uh, from El Paso and other border uh, area cities. They're waiting basically to surge in because the Border Patrol people won't be able to, 42 is gone, they have to accept all these people, accept their claims of asylum, and then basically try to find a place to put them until they get a hearing date. It is a it was a crisis that has been a crisis for a year and a half now. It's uh, growing exponentially by the moment. And so Chief Justice Roberts has given the Biden administration until 5 o'clock this evening, Eastern Time, to respond uh, to this whole, he's basically saying, "Can you give me a good reason, Biden administration, why we should go ahead with this Title Forty Two? Now, the White House. You mean why we should end it? Why we? Why? Yeah. Okay. Let me get this straight. Yes. Biden wants to end the Title Forty Two. That is correct. Okay. The Title Forty Two was set up, was used during the Trump administration. To keep people from coming into our country because we had the pandemic going on. And like every country in the world, it was shutting its borders. Yes. To keep to, to keep the disease, the COVID, from coming in and it being even worse. Is mm-hmm. that right? That is correct. Okay. So that's why President Trump instituted this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so even asylum claims, you had to wait. You couldn't come into the country uh just by that alone. That's right. And by the way, just an aside, none of these folks ever had to have a vaccine shot. It's amazing. Uh, even though Americans themselves were, people coming here illegally were not. Now, so Biden wants to end this. Mm-hmm. So, and what's going to happen, and this is people, some Democrats, even even some liberal media, everybody knows what's about to happen. It's going to exponentially cause the surge along our southern border, Arizona, Texas in particular, California, to exponentially increase probably five, tenfold. Easily. It may be more. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
We aren't going to – the people on the border, the Border Patrol, they already overwhelmed. Yep. Governor of Texas, the others saying we can't – this is going to be a disaster. It's going to be a humanitarian disaster. By the way, it's cold down there too. Yes. Especially at night. So you have a humanitarian disaster waiting to happen. But the ironic thing here to me, one of the ironies is that Biden is, you know, he's saying uh, he's wanting to let these folks in, and, and then, but they're wanting to keep the COVID um, hoax. Uh, not a hoax. It wasn't a hoax. COVID was real. In other words, they want to play both sides of the fence. Yes. They want to say, well, everybody needs to get a booster. I'm talking about the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID's still out there. It's going to keep going. And yet, at the same time, they don't want to stop people from coming into our country uh, because of COVID. Yep. Does, that, does that make sense? It, it's yeah. amazing. And the other amazing thing is that the White House spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre, are you ready for this, folks? The Biden administration, the latest line from them is that the Republicans are to blame for all these people showing up at the border because the Republicans are saying we have a crisis at the border. That I'm going to do a Scooby-Doo right here. Huh? <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. It's the Republicans' fault. And now added to this, we're going to hear from Corinne Jean-Pierre in just a second. They're now saying the Republicans have a responsibility to agree with us to spend $3 billion in the way of a solution uh, to deal with no. this surge no. coming across the border. So here she is, KJP, and what you're going to hear afterwards, after her words, are Will Kane, uh, Fox commentator, commenting on this latest take from the White House. Cut number one. The removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which are which is very dangerous. She's saying it's congressional Republicans holding up solving the crisis at the border. Democrats have had control of all levers of power for the past two years. If they right. wanted to solve the border crisis, they could. How can you lay this at the feet of Republicans. But second, here's how she does it. Rachel, she's saying Republicans won't engage in comprehensive immigration reform, meaning we're not going to solve the border crisis until you give us our pathway to citizenship. Right. He's right. He's right. It's, He's right. it's blackmail. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Um, it, so, but, but we're going to see what's going to happen in the next. And, and Texas, Texas. Now you just sent this story out a minute yeah. ago, uh, Tim, Texas now is being forced to do what the federal government should be doing. Texas is now, uh, they're, they're sending National Guard troops down to the border. Uh, the, this is a Daily Mail story. Troops holding rifles formed a line of Humvees along the border and erected new fencing on the riverbank. This is well, here's what happens. The people of Texas, especially South Texas, they look at the situation People are flooding into our country over four million since Biden almost five since Biden became president. Yes, being dispersed all over the country. We don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're coming in here illegally. There's a way to get into our country legally, by the way, a legal process that people have to go through. Yes, they're coming in here by the millions, mm-hmm. and now it's fixing to even get worse. And the people in Texas and Arizona and they look at their governor and go, what are you going to do to protect our property mm-hmm. and having our streets overwhelmed and people to take care of? We have no means of doing so. Our shelters are full. What are you going to do? 
and the governors are, are doing everything they can, but their hands are tied to it in a certain extent because this is the role of the federal government to yeah. protect our country from uh, this kind of invasion. We have and a then, procedure to get into this country. You know, Tim, you've pointed this out time and time again, but it's worth mentioning again. If if you want to come to move to this country, you get on a plane in Amsterdam. Well, before you get on the plane in Amsterdam, you have to have ID. You have to have a passport. Right. right. You have to have permission. Right. You're not even going to make it to customs in New York. Right. Unless you have a passport. Right. And, and so that you have permission to get that far. At our southern border right now, you show up with a knapsack. Mm-hmm. And you claim I'm from wherever you claim you are, and I'm claiming asylum. Mm-hmm. And the Biden administration saying, "Come on in." Yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, that's what that's what's going on. So, unless there's a political price to pay at the ballot box um, in two thousand, that's you're talking about a year, and you're talking about two years away almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure what can be done. Other than what the governors of t- Texas and uh, Arizona are trying to do, yeah. you know, it's governor of Arizona. He tried to build a wall using uh, trailers from the eighteen wheelers, the big containers along their border to try to stop some of the uh, massive flow of people into his state illegally. And uh, Biden went after him. Yeah, said it was on federal property, so we want yeah. them removed. Yeah, you know, you know, guys, it seems to me that. When you got Gavin Newsom talking about it, when you got that guy worried about it, then we really do have a crisis down on the southern border. And somehow, if they figured it out in California, well, they've got a border with Mexico that's porous anyway. If they figured it out in California, how come the word has not gotten back to the Biden White House? How come it's not gotten to the press secretary? I just, I continue to think that the reason they aren't concerned about this is they don't think there's a crisis. This is what they have always wanted. And yet, you know, now you've got the the Texas National Guard going to the border. There's going to be some really tragic things happen if Title 42 is overturned. I hope that John Roberts and the Supreme Court will hold the line at least for a while longer uh, because it's bad now, but it will be catastrophically worse if Title 42 is overturned. There's, yeah, I guess the part that's really annoying, well, the fact that they're not enforcing the law. There's two or three things here, and we've talked about them some. But you know what? I don't want to hear from the president or the vice president. She's still studying the root causes, by the way. Or <laughs> Karine Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson. I don't want to hear about how the Republicans need to work with the Democrats for comprehensive immigration reform. That's code for amnesty, by the way. Mm-hmm. But – that has nothing to do with your responsibility and your duty to control the border, even if we don't have uh, uh, comprehensive uh, immigration reform. That's a separate issue, mm-hmm. completely separate issue from from us, the United States, having a, a duty and a responsibility to control who comes into our country and how they get here. As I've said before, and you said, you, you quoted me a while ago, Fred, Listen, if we're going to have this approach where millions of people can come in, come in here and we just disperse them all over the country and let them go, then uh, let's just do away with passport control in Atlanta mm-hmm. at, at the airport or JFK right. or LAX right. or O'Hare. What do you anywhere. need immigration for? You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Why show a passport if, they don't, if millions of people don't have to? 
coming in illegally over our border. So it makes a mockery of our immigration process is what I'm saying. Yes. I want to tell you something, too, is uh, we don't know all these foreign actors that are coming in here. Um, What if somebody – what if we turn – turns out somebody bombs downtown Dallas or mm-hmm. Houston or New Orleans or something. Uh, there's a terrorist attack, and we learn, well, they came over the border. Yeah. That's good. That, I don't want to scare people, but that's likely to happen when you have a porous, open border with no control. Over it's it. guaranteed to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to let in millions of people, uh, unregulated, unchecked, accountable to nobody right you're going to even if the vast majority are right. are people have some reason good reason to, to want to be here you're going to let some bad actors in and they're going to act badly in dallas new orleans chicago somewhere and yeah. I, you know we have pointed out it's it's not just the illegals coming across the border it's the fentanyl but there's a story out of el paso this morning which is kind of the epicenter of this right now el paso texas this is a woman. She was identified by Fox this morning as Rosie. She's a resident of El Paso. She was looking at down her street the other day, and somebody came and opened up a manhole, and and a couple of dozen people came pouring out of the manhole. I want you to hear her story, cut number three. The wall, that's useless because now they're using manholes to come into the U.S. There is a guy that would open the manhole. He stands by the manhole. And, and leads them out of the manhole. Wow. And this is not in pairs. This is in 10, 15, 30 at a time. Once they're out of the manhole, they lead them to our back parking lot. They hide in our back doors. They hide, they hide by our bedroom windows. And then later, two cars come in and park in our parking lot. And they are using that as a pickup zone for trafficking, for human smuggling. Wow. That was, where was that now? El Paso. El Paso. Well, the Democrat mayor there has finally issued a yes. state of emergency. Yeah. Can you imagine? You're just sitting there watching. Suddenly, manhole cover right. comes off. And these <laughs> these guys, this, this sounds like something out of one of those Fast and Furious movies, something that Hollywood would dream of. Right. And yet this is actually happening on our southern border. Yeah. Well, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, um, she is a gaslighting specialist. Um, She uh, was asked yesterday, among other things. So you don't have to ask. You know, when she does these press conferences, there's so many things that are happening that you don't have time to ask her all, ask her about them. I was wondering yesterday if somebody would ask her why her boss said that he gave a uh, uh, purple heart to a man who was dead uh, along with his uncle and and, and her and his father, mm-hmm. Biden's dad, mm-hmm. who was also passed away. Mm-hmm. At the time, Biden said he bestowed upon his uncle a... Anyway, that was just a wholly made-up story by the President of the United States. Doesn't have time to get asked. Because, I guess because there's so much happening day after day after day. But anyway, she was asked, John, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about what is Vice President Kamala Harris doing because she was supposed to be in charge of the border, according to Biden. Remember when he pointed her borders, borders are? Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, uh, 
Jean-Pierre, Corrine, excuse me, Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked about it. She said, quote, I don't have anything to lay out specifically on what that work looks like. End quote. In other words, that's code for she ain't doing squat. Yeah. Totally huh? clueless. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about what she's doing, what that work looks like. The vice president of the United States, our border, and you, you don't even know what she's doing, if anything. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith. Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash starnes. If you happen to be Jewish, there's a good chance you were triggered by the Sunday crossword puzzle in the New York Times. It was designed to resemble a Nazi swastika. Outrage has been fast and furious. Donald Trump Jr. condemned the puzzle design, called it disgusting. Jewish journal columnist Blake Flayton said for some reason the puzzle made him feel nervous. Yeah, no kidding. The Times defended the puzzle, saying it was designed to resemble a fun whirlpool shape. Republicans and even Democrats were stunned. Democrat strategist Keith Edwards said it should not be all that controversial to say swastikas have no place in the pages of the old gray lady. So what kind of a person thinks it's okay to publish a swastika puzzle on the first day of Hanukkah? Ten letters across, first letter A, last letter E. Sounds like anti-Semite. By the way, my book makes a great stocking stuffer, our daily biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's available at tonsterns.com. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Psalm 14.2, American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is going to have to reschedule with us. He had something come up at the top of the hour. I think he's a practicing doctor, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. So, so he said he apologized, and uh, he will be on with us maybe tomorrow. We'll see if we can reschedule that. Uh, Tim Wildman here with Fred Jackson and Ray Pritchard, and we th- thank you for listening to uh, American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Uh, next story. Fred. Yeah, the We Hate Donald Trump Commission uh, wrapped up things yesterday. and uh, You get that vibe from them? From them? <laughs> I actually listened to their closing statements yesterday. And the, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, can you, you, do you have that? Can you send that to me? I can like do, I can I can probably find that. Okay. C-SPAN likely has it all. Yeah. We'll get that to you. But uh, the chairman of the uh, the January 6th commission, Benny Thompson of Mississippi, uh, along with other the other Democrats and the two Nancy Pelosi hand-picked Republicans, Republicans. Uh, all basically said the same thing. Uh, we believe Donald Trump was responsible for the riot January 6th. And capital and capital U.S. capital, and we also and and uh, uh, <laughs> Liz Cheney actually said this: We are here to ensure Donald Trump never gets back in the White House. Period. That's what we're here for. And so they made uh, ref- what's called referrals to the Justice Department, and the referrals, the charges that they are recommending are conspiracy to defraud the United States, obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress, conspiracy to make a false statement, and aiding an insurrection, end quote. That's what the uh, commission has come up with. Of course, the commission is now out of business. Uh, the Republicans take control of the House in early February. So, Boy, you got to give them credit. They milked that baby for all it was worth. A what, year and a half of hearings. A year and a half of hearings. You remember some of them they held at night? They hired a producer, I think, from ABC News to make everything look good. They didn't allow any witnesses to come in that refuted anything, any statements they were making. And they didn't have any Republicans on that commission because Nancy Pelosi picked two We Hate Donald Trump Republicans. So there was nobody on the panel who... um, challenged the witnesses right. that were called in. So it was a it was a political free for all against Donald Trump for the last year and a half. Yeah, so now it's over, right? It's over uh okay. for now. That, uh, what that, what happens guys when in January Republicans take over the house? Does that does that committee cease to exist? Do oh they, yeah, well, it's yeah, over. What, yeah. It's done now. It's done now. Okay. I'll tell you the here's the thing though did you say they they uh, uh, this is a criminal referral to the uh, Department of Justice to indict? They won't they won't uh, President Trump indicted. Is that what's going on here? Basically, they say we have evidence right. that we believe the right. Justice Department should look at. Right. And we believe he is guilty. Donald Trump is guilty of these four things. OK. And what were they? What were the main what were one or two main things? 
Because uh, uh, I just can't get enough of this, <laughs> honestly. Uh, conspiracy to defraud the United States. What Obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress. Conspiracy to make a false statement. All right, so, so here's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. They're saying that Trump uh, led the, led the uh, people, the, the Capitol riot. Yes. He, he, he caused it. He told them to do this, basically, so therefore he's responsible for, ins- for uh, inciting a riot. That's that, have I got that right? That is correct. And so Trump would say, no, I didn't. I said, go down there peacefully. Uh-huh. These people got out of hand, mm-hmm. and it was a bad deal. Uh, but they did that on their own volition, and yes. I'm not responsible. This is what I guess Trump and his lawyers was. I'm not responsible for people getting carried away mm-hmm. uh, going into the Capitol building. I didn't tell them to. I told yes. them to go down there peacefully to yes. protest. Right? And, is that, am I right? Yeah. So it and, comes and, down to whether you believe. And Jonathan Turley, a le- well-known legal yeah. expert, uh, he was asked about this yesterday. And his one of his takes on this was very interesting. He says, you cannot charge anyone for not doing something yourself. Okay. In other words, they cannot prove that he told them to go and riot. So how can you charge him if he didn't tell them to go riot? How can you charge him with being responsible for that riot? Right. When you didn't say... Right. Go down there and tear the place up. Right. I think the criminal referral is just a waste of time. This did a lot of damage to President Trump's reputation with a lot of people, independents, some Repub- uh, Republicans and Democrats. Obviously, Democrats hated him anyway. Mm-hmm. It was a bad day Yes, for President Trump. Uh, you know, it, it was a bad look. Yeah. But uh, he didn't. The people who went into the Capitol building are personally responsible for their own actions. Mm-hmm. They're being mistreated, many of them being, and that's been well-documented. Sandy Rios and other people have talked about it. Mm-hmm. By mistreated, I mean they're being punished politically far beyond what... Uh, what Black Lives Matter who tear up cities. Yeah, yeah, Antifa. Yeah. So, uh, but but uh, to go on a year, over a year, you said they've been doing this committee? Oh, yeah, they drew this thing out. Yeah. All right, well, it's over. Mm-hmm. Now, so on to the Hunter Biden investigation, <laughs> huh? because that's what's going to happen. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and their business deals and all that's about to be investigated in starting in probably sometime in January mm-hmm. uh, when the Republicans take over the uh, House of Representatives. And boy, are we learning more about all of that. Yes. Let me tell folks uh, you're listening to today's issues on AFR, I'm Tim with Fred and Ray, and we thank you for listening. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Hey, Ray, before we get back to the uh, depressing news of the day, uh, <laughs> maybe we have some encouraging news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I want to ask you, uh, you're, you're closing in on your Christmas devotions on your website, right? That's right. We've been on a journey since December the 1st. Uh, the series this year called Advent Alphabet, and we've been going uh, A for angels and, and B and C and D and so on, uh, all the way through the alphabet. We're closing in on the end of this journey, and if folks would like to join us for that, uh, just come on over to keepbelieving.com, and you'll see a link there on the front page, Advent Alphabet. 
you can click on that. You can, you're, there's still time to download the free PDF and you can join us on these last few days. We're, we're heading, we're doing what Advent's supposed to do. We're taking a day by day journey to Bethlehem and we'll be in Bethlehem on Christmas, uh, Christmas morning, this coming Sunday to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. So come on and join us at, uh, keepbelieving.com. Hey, did the angels, I mean, not the angels, did the shepherds come the night of the birth? Evidently, it seems that way. They were informed that night. And the reason I say evidently is because their reaction in Luke 2, verse 15, once the angel said good news of great joy, go to Bethlehem, this will be the sign of babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, uh, all of that, with the announcement that the Messiah had been born, when when the angel finished speaking, the shepherd said, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has done. So I think that very night, soon after Jesus had been born, the shepherds were right there with Mary and Joseph. Hmm. I One of the scenes I would have loved to have seen myself is be out on those hills with those shepherds that night because Scripture tells us, when the angel announced, made that announcement, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. You know how that story goes. Someone explained to me, and Ray, I'd like your comment on this. Someone explained to me what a multitude of the heavenly host probably looked like. We're probably talking thousands and thousands and thousands of angels fill the sky mm-hmm. as these guys these these shepherds are sitting out there on the on the hillside in the cool of that night thousands of angels poured out of heaven rejoicing over what had just happened uh what an incredible scene i, I love uh, i love that idea he's exactly right fred what you said 100 percent true and i love there's a word in luke too suddenly yes. suddenly you're out there you're out there. You're, you're, you're minding your own business. Uh, shepherding, that, that's a tough business today. That was really tough 2,000 years ago, taking care of the sheep, and some of them are ornery, and they're wandering away, and you've been herding them from place to place, you know, and making sure they get food and water and stuff, and now it's the nighttime, and you're sitting around the campfire, and you're just talking and carrying on, and then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, the darkness is gone, and from one end of the sky to another, it's filled with hundreds and thousands. And Fred, for all we know, hundreds of thousands of angels praising God. Now, here's a question, and I do not know how to answer this question. Uh, that would make a great deal of noise, would it not? Oh, Were, were the shepherds the only ones who saw that? Mm. Him's over the hillside. In Bethlehem, did they see it? In Jerusalem, did they see it? Uh, I don't think Herod saw a thing. He wasn't looking for it. Yeah. Um, I think the angels made themselves available to be seen by the shepherds. Uh, and I don't think anybody else in Bethlehem had any idea what was happening that night, except, of course, Joseph and Mary. Yeah. And there's the baby Jesus right there. So it's a wonderful scene, mm-hmm. the idea of millions of angels announcing the birth of our Lord. What a moment. Uh. Didn't the uh, angel say that the spokesperson, the chief angel, say, don't be afraid? Very first words. 
Uh, yeah, that, that's easy. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> right. Don't be, don't be you got to be kidding me. Right. Like, huh? <laughs> well, Those th- th- think of it this way. One, thing's, one thing angels do is they scare people. Yeah. Because what's the very first thing Gabriel said to Mary? Fear not. What's the first thing right. the angel said to Joseph? Fear not. Right. What's the first thing the angel said to the shepherds? Okay, boys, don't be scared with what's about to happen here. We we often think angels, oh, it'd be great to see an angel. Don't be so sure. Right. Because when God reveals himself, you're going to be face down on the ground. Don't be afraid, guys, that the sky is going to be filled with a multitude of singing angels. It's okay. You're not going to die. This is the best news the world's ever heard. Uh, great news. I think the first question would come to my mind, what did I do? <laughs> oh, you, no. What did I right. do? Right. What kind of trouble am I in now? Why are you here? <laughs> right. I'm going to give the money back. I'm sorry. Right. I'm taking the book back to right. the library right now. Right, right. Oh, my word. Uh, do not be afraid, for I bring to you. Yeah, glad tidings of great joy. Of, of great joy. Which will be for all the people, right? Yeah. Until you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And the city of David was Bethlehem. Mm. That's right. Yeah. We, we tend to think maybe it's Jerusalem, but no, Bethlehem is where David was from. Go all the way back yeah. to the story of David and Goliath. David was tending the sheep on the in the fields outside Bethlehem. His father said, come bring the food. And so, uh, you know, that whole story unfolds. The little town of Bethlehem, that little insignificant village just you know in jesus day what fred a hundred people 200 people maybe live there it's a tiny little place jerusalem was the jerusalem was like the new york or the london of that day and bethlehem was nothing but uh jesus was was not born in jerusalem he was born in the little town of bethlehem Amazing. Quite a story. It's not that much. It's not really big today. You guys go to the Holy Land a lot, but. Yeah, Bethlehem today is, uh, it's about in miles. It's probably, I'm guessing, 10 miles south of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could walk there. You could easily yeah. walk. Yeah. Yeah. We don't because we have a lot of older people. <laughs> with, but you could. It's not that far from Jerusalem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you could. Yeah. It's, you know. Uh, 10 miles, I'm guessing, uh, yeah. from our hotel in Jerusalem to uh, the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. And then we go to the Shepherd's Fields, oh. too. Uh, and you can see, you know, where where this would have happened that we're describing here. Oh. The thing about the Bible is it's it's uh, this isn't made-up places. These are real places that exist even today. Yes. You know, uh, Nazareth, mm-hmm. Jericho. Uh, Bethlehem, uh, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Jaffa, yeah, uh, you know, Caesarea by the sea. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all places that uh, been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jericho claims to be the oldest city on the planet. I think the, I think uh, there's a city in uh, Iraq that also claims to be. Uh, so Some people say Damascus. Damascus, you know. I mean, you're talking many thousands of years. And yes. One of the reasons you go there to the Holy Land is when you're out in those fields outside Bethlehem, it doesn't look a whole lot different than it did 2,000 years ago. You can you get a sense. I mean, Jerusalem, 
the walled city is amazing. So you get, you get part of the feeling. But there are certain places, Tim, you go. And as you know, you, you're, you're there every year. There are certain places like the fields outside Bethlehem. When you're walking those fields, you go, I, can, I get it. I, I get it. Yep. There were sheep out here. Yep, exactly. Uh, so we do go to Israel once a year in March. And uh, the trip in a couple months is full. We've been full for six months. That's, that's but, encouraging that people want oh, to Oh, wow. We just had such a demand. I hate to turn people down, but we ran out of space. But uh, other people go to Israel, not just us. So there are other tours you can take. But we are going to go in March, Lord willing, and I don't know how to fill in. The creek don't rise. I don't know if the creek rises I think, in uh, Israel. Yeah. But if COVID, mm-hmm. some kind of crazy pandemic doesn't hit, no, we're going to go in 2024, March of 2024. So we'll be planning that soon. Uh, so if people want to, you know, want information sent to them on that trip, just mm-hmm. go to our website, twholyland.com, mm-hmm. shoot us an email. And so when we make the announcement about our 2024 trip uh, in March, March 2024, which will be 15 months from now, we'll let you know mm-hmm. all about it. TWHolyLand.com, TWHolyLand.com. Ray, you got anything planned? Go to Israel anytime soon? Yeah, my next trip is not to Israel. My, <clears throat> in about a month, my next trip is to Hungary. Teach the book of Ephesians at the Bible Institute in Hungary. And if you if you go to the website, this kind of circles back around to where we started the program. They say Hungary is a beautiful country to visit, but the worst month to visit Hungary is January because it is cold and snowy and frozen. And so that's when we'll be there next month teaching the book of Ephesians at the Bible Institute outside of Budapest. If you go to Hungary, can you drive, can you fly straight from New York to Budapest? Or uh, No, it's not very easy, actually. You, you usually have to go through Amsterdam or Paris, probably the two. You go through London, too. But we are going to be flying to Amsterdam to get there. Okay. All right, you're listening to today's issues. Next story, Fred. Well, we don't know how much longer Elon Musk is going to be in charge at Twitter. I need to send that guy a Christmas card. <laughs> I just, he, I feel like he, we've become friends even though he doesn't know who I am. Uh, Elon Musk. He, he, he put out a poll on the weekend saying, do you want to vote me out? Go ahead. As CEO of Twitter? As CEO. Even though he just bought it? Yes. Uh, He's an unusual I don't know. guy. Yeah, he's an unusual guy. Very smart. Yeah. But anyway, 57% said, uh, no, they want somebody else CEO. So I don't know what he's going to do with that poll. However, one of the things, one of the really good things that has come out since he took over Twitter is that we're finding out the whole backstory behind the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI, uh, was put this way. The FBI became the hand inside the glove of Twitter under the former owners of Twitter. And the FBI, this is the allegation coming out from these papers, these these Twitter files. We've now had seven groups come out. I don't know if they're allegations anymore, uh, Fred. I read them. I read the tweets I mean, what and the emails. Mm-hmm. What was going on there, and I don't use this word lightly, is scary. Yes, because you basically had the Federal Bureau of Investigation doing the bidding of the of of Joe Biden in protecting him and his son 
from uh, news articles that might damage their campaign. Yeah. And and the FBI was intervening. Uh, that's the way I read it. I mean, how else do you yeah. read it? Yeah. Well, there's there is other evidence outside of what we're learning from these Twitter files. And that comes from John Paul McIsaac. Now, if that name is not familiar to you, he's the guy that had the Hunter Biden laptop and just started to discover. That Hunter Biden left there because he forgot to go back and get it. Now, how that happens, I guess if you're a drug addict, which he was, yes. Hunter Biden, I mean, I'm not yeah. making fun of that, making light of that. He was a drug addict, said he was, and that's probably the reason he left that laptop. He forgot he took it or didn't remember to go get it anyway. The drug addicts act irrationally oftentimes. So so this gentleman at the laptop repair store turned the turned it over to the FBI, right? He turned it over to the FBI and this is an important aspect of this story. He turned it over to the FBI in two thousand nineteen. All right. When Hunter Biden never came back to get it. That's right. He turned because he saw this questionable stuff on there, the dealings of Hunter right. Biden. Right. That Nobody knew about with these foreign countries and getting money from China. He saw all this stuff. He says, I'm going to give this to the FBI because this is not right. This is illegal activity. So he gives it to the FBI. I want you to hear what he had to say in an interview uh, last evening, I believe it was, cut number four. It's neat that they had a, a probably taxpayer-funded exercises to uh, brief the media and uh, and social media on how to handle this situation. Um, it, I'm glad that I afforded them enough time to have practice, um, but I'm 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 just again, it's astonishing to me that they were able to pull this off. That 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 this cabal of FBI agents have so much influence, and we're only talking about Twitter. We don't know. I mean, we've I seen know. a glimpse. With, so we kind of have a feeling that this might be transposed across multiple right. uh, uh, multiple social media platforms and probably mainstream platforms as well. So he who, went, who is that? This is John Paul McIsaac. All right. Okay. He's, he's the guy who had the laptop, gave it to the FBI. And he got frustrated because he said, the FBI is not doing anything with this. So then he, he started to give it to other people. So he made copies? Yes, he made, apparently made copies. To protect of what, himself? Yes, okay. what was on there. And what he's saying there is that then he starts wondering, well, why is the media not reporting on this? And then he starts to discover that the FBI has been working with social media and other media outlets to say, suppress this. This is kind of, this is more of the Russian collusion, Russian getting involved with our election. So yeah. bury the story. Yeah. And they that happened at Twitter? And it happened at Facebook. You remember Mark uh, Zuckerberg, uh-huh. right? You remember seeing that interview he did with Joe Rogan? Right, right. And he said uh, he said the FBI was in contact with us, Facebook, telling us uh, some misinformation. This whole thing stinks, Tim. It stinks to high. I know. Heaven. This is, you know, th- they love to throw the word collusion around falsely against right. President Trump and the Russia stuff, which proved to be nothing. This is not nothing. Right. This is an arm of the government using a private company uh, in a clandestine fashion mm-hmm. to to cover up a news story, to suppress a news story, to influence how a national election yep. would turn out. It's dirty business. Yep. Dirty. And then also, uh, the, 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 what was going on, too, was the— uh, the FBI was recommending that certain accounts be turned off yes. at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. 
I mean, some some people with even a small following, and there's the reason you know this. There are emails from the FBI, in particular one 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 agent out in San Francisco, I guess, that was in constant communication with Twitter, mm-hmm. and recommending, in some cases, recommending that some accounts be turned off. In others, they were recommending that uh, uh, the the uh, hey. We've been following these people. We think they're in violation of your rules. This is the FBI talking to Twitter. Yeah. And you're going like, what business is it of the FBI? Unless somebody's involved in some kind of international terrorism, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or some kind of big scandal. Then it's not the business of the Federal Bureau of Investigation to be recommending to Twitter who they should American citizens, they should turn off and turn on. Yeah. Uh, or turn off, rather. Or which stories they should oh, suppress. Oh, yeah. Does that not no, seem it's just dirty? Huh? Well, uh, way, yeah. so the conclusion was. Is, how, isn't that more like what happens in China and yeah, Russia than it's supposed to happen in the U.S.? Listen, I mean, I know we're all conservative here, so we're coming from that perspective. But an objective person cannot read what you've been reading about these Twitter files. This is the reading. This is the reason the liberal media is not reporting on this, mm-hmm. because and but they'll have to when the Republicans start investigating this in January. You have to. You just a, a fair-minded person has to look at this and say, you know what? This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation getting involved in a political race that favors one candidate, and they took the side of Biden against Trump. Yes. Because they knew that this New York Times, New York Post story could be explosive and hurt Biden's chances to win, and we can't allow that to happen. Yep. That's what it... Am I right? That's what it all points to. Collusion between the FBI... Could that have made the difference in some of those close states? Absolutely, because this happened right before the election. Well, uh, this never would have been out in the open had Hunter, uh, excuse me, had uh, Elon Musk not bought Twitter. Yes. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.